0: It's Money Talking from WNYC. I'm Charlie Herman. Major bank scandal busted. Thousands of employees fired. Wells Fargo ordered to pay $185 million in fines. Over
1: a long period of time, Wells Fargo employees secretly created 1.5 million unauthorized bank accounts and credit card accounts so they could boost their own sales numbers.
0: Another bank in the headlines paying millions of dollars in fines to settle charges of illegal banking practices. This time, it's Wells Fargo. For years, employees at the bank opened accounts and applied for credit cards in the name of existing customers without checking first to see if that was an okay thing to do. The bank neither admitted nor denied wrongdoing, but it will pay $185 million in fines. That's nearly as much as the $125 million in stock and options that the former executive who headed the unit under question left with when she retired this summer. Well, now the bank is reported to be facing investigations by the U.S. attorneys here in New York and in California, and the CEO is to testify before the Senate Banking Committee next week. Well, joining me now are Rana Fruhar with Time Magazine and Sheila Kohatkar with The New Yorker. And right off the bat, why do we think this happened, Rana?
1: Well, it happened for a lot of reasons. You know, if you go deep, you can say that banking still has a problematic culture. You know, eight years on from the financial crisis, there's a lot of research that shows that things really haven't gotten better in terms of fraud, in terms of malfeasance. You know, there was a University of Zurich study in, in 2014 that found that banking as an industry actually brings out the dishonesty in people relative to other industries. You know, it's, it's really uh, quite stunning. I think that there is still a culture problem. But in the short term, I think what Wells says is that banks are desperately looking to boost their profit margins. And, you know, the the amount of risky trading that they can do has been curbed by Dodd-Frank, but they're now looking at consumers as, uh, you know, as profit centers. And so in a way, it's no surprise that credit cards, uh, consumer accounts is where you're going to see the next kinds of frauds.
2: Rob Cordry, the head of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which led this investigation, had this great quote. He said, unchecked incentives can lead to real harm for consumers. And I thought that term, unchecked incentives, was very telling and could be used to describe almost any Wall Street firm because basically the culture is you can make an enormous amount of money as a bonus, compensation, executive you know, pay package just by aggressively you know, pursuing whatever profit you can. And there often seems to be no apparatus to kind of monitor what is going on. And there seems to be very little culture of actually sort of punishing people or retracting this money afterwards. So you see this with, uh, you know, with the mortgage fraud cases where people were packaging bad mortgages and selling them and just making money from that. The bonus culture, you can make a really risky trade, make a ton of money. If the trade blows up, the shareholders of the bank are on the hook for that, but you personally are not. And it also came out in the insider trading cases where you had a lot of hedge fund employees kind of aggressively going out and getting information Making money, trading on that information, and nobody was monitoring them to make sure that everything they were doing was totally appropriate.
0: Okay, eight years ago yesterday, Lehman Brothers went bankrupt. And what I want to know is it sounds like you guys are saying not much has really changed when it comes to the financial sector. And yet we've had regulations. We've had the creation of this new Consumer Finance Protection Bureau there have been changes, but it sounds like you're saying there really hasn't.
1: Well, but you can follow the money and see that yes, there's been changes, and where regulators have tightened, risk has um, has moved away from those areas, but it's moved into other areas. So it's so like
0: pressing down a balloon, it is, and so, and it, the, expands. The, the, so you see, it goes somewhere else. You
1: see risk you know, going out to a certain extent of certain parts of the too-big-to-fail banks, but going into hedge funds, going into private equity, going from, say, investment banking and, and prop trading into consumer lending, into credit cards. So it really is a culture change that I think needs to happen.
0: But Sheila, when you hear that the CEO of of Wells Fargo, John Stumpf, tells the Wall Street Journal, I feel accountable, but they don't admit or deny anything. And it doesn't look like or there's questions about can they claw back some of the money from the woman who ran this particular division? Does it just feel like empty words?
2: I think we're living in a time of Corporate and Wall Street in particular, impunity, where the penalties for committing different types of frauds and crimes are negligible. Largely, the government has been addressing these problems through fines. Mm. Many of these institutions are making such enormous profits that these fines are actually yeah. Irrelevant, and in this, it's case, a rounding error. It's a rounding error. I don't want to use a cliche, but it's a cost of doing business. They use this term, and in this particular case, so Wells Fargo is going to pay 185 million dollars. Well, I read that that is less than three percent. Of one quarter's earnings yeah, for this bank, it right. is literally irrelevant. I am sure at some point someone may have done a calculation. Should we follow a really aggressive strategy of encouraging employees to open accounts? What is the upside? How much money will we make downside? from that? What is the downside
1: if that goes too far? Someone may, you know, absolutely. It's a numbers-driven culture, and I'm sure someone has made that balance sheet calculation. You know, the other thing too is when they settle with these fines, it actually prevents lawsuits uh, from piling up. If they were to admit wrongdoing, that would just open up the floodgates. So it's also a tactic to avoid further penalty.
0: Do you think, though, as you're talking about this, uh, with the frustration with not seeing change, that there might actually be more calls, we've seen this in the presidential campaign, but now perhaps in Congress to break up the banks, that when you sort of see this ongoing mm-hmm. behavior, it, it, it actually gives more fuel to the fire. Well, you
1: see it in both uh, the Republican, uh, oddly, in the Republican and the Democratic platform now. They're calling for a reinstatement of Glass-Steagall, a kind of a modernized version of Glass-Steagall, which was the 30s banking regulation that separated commercial investment. I think that that is going to happen. Um, but, you know, what I'd like to see is regulators and politicians going a step further and saying, what can we do to incentivize good behavior? I think that we should incentivize banks uh, to create a business model that actually rewards them for doing what they were supposed to do in the beginning, which was, you know, do productive lending to businesses.
0: Sheila, what do you think that could come out of this that would be a a good thing?
2: I think it is going to create some tension for the people who are arguing to water down the financial regulation that we have seen. And, for example, there's been this big fight in Washington about – clawbacks of compensation, whether or not you should be able to retract pay to people, like, for example, executives at Wells Fargo who may have earned enormous pay packages who oversaw this. There is no uh, sort of setup in place right now to retract any of that money. So there is really no personal penalty to them. The only thing that they may face is public shame, which seems to not have a huge effect on their behavior. So I think to the extent (laughs) that it promotes debate and it gives people a really strong argument against, you know, this sort of push to water down what's already happened. I think that is a really positive step. So, you know, if there, if there's some upside to this event, it could be that.
0: Sheila Kohatkar is a staff writer at The New Yorker and Rana Fruhar is assistant managing editor for business at Time Magazine. Thank you both for joining.
2: Thank you. Thanks.
0: And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC.